Welcome to Conversations With. My name is Shaley Hugendorn and I live with Bipolar 2 Disorder. Sharing with others is healing both individually and collectively. Sharing our stories will educate others, bring more understanding, shed more light and smash more stigma. Our voices need to be heard. Our stories aren't over yet. This is Bipolar. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome back, Julie. It's so nice to see you and hear you. We are going to be doing a little special thing today because in Canada, it's Bell Let's Talk Days during this week. So it's a big week where people are a little bit more open to talking about mental health. And so we wanted to pop in here and talk a little bit about things you can do and a little bit of stories of times we've tried to talk about things or um, responses that we love. So I would love to start with Julie. I would love to hear some of the things that you think that people can do beyond just sharing. P.S. Do share because they do get some money towards different mental health initiatives and anything that helps with mental health, we are behind. So we're not saying don't share all the Bell Let's Talk stuff, do that. But what we're hoping to do here is to tell you to just take that extra step. Right. And before we get into that, I just want to like huge pom-poms waving um, for Bell Let's Talk Day and the fact that our country um, has come up with this initiative and recognizes the importance of spreading awareness. And, you know, Shaley and I were both diagnosed back in 2010. And I know we've spoken about this together about just way back then, there were no Bell Let's Talk Days. Um, you know, I searched the internet far and wide to find stories of people, um, not a lot of awareness. So I'm just thrilled, number one, that Bell Let's Talk Day exists and that it is this week and just people are talking about it and people are learning about it. So just a few of the things that people um, can do. I think what's so important is just for us to, um, whether we struggle with mental illness or mental health issues ourselves or not, I think the statistics are one in four or one in five, depending on where you're getting them. But um, basically we all have mental health and we all know someone who is struggling, whether it's a friend or a neighbor, a coworker, a child. And so it really does affect us all. And so I think just to make that extra effort to learn um, you know, whether you're struggling or not, I think um, knowledge is power. And I think it's so important for us to just educate ourselves about different disorders and different conditions. Um, even, you know, in the years since I've come forward, I've been able to connect with other advocates who are all um, dealing with their own different diagnoses. And I have learned so much. Yes. And that has helped me in so many different ways. And even when it comes down to language. And I know Shaley, both you and I have had different experiences with um, the use of language and stigma. So I'm gonna throw this over to you now because I, I know that you know how important it is. And I know a lot of people watching might not realize that even the terms that they may you know, flippantly throw around um, are meaningful and the impact of them can be for the good or the not so great. 
So yes. do you have any personal experiences with language or, you know, some insight that you can offer on that? For sure. For sure. Uh, yes, I will. Julie and I will shout it from the rooftops. I really, it seems simple, but it is not. And I think that we think we need to do big, grandiose things. And those things are awesome. But it all starts with our language, how we talk to each other, how we use words. And I think what's happened is the words for actual mental illnesses, disorders, clinical disorders are being used flippantly to as descriptors. So first of all, I want to say if you have done this, it is okay. Let's just move forward. Even I, I've done it. <laughs> I have done this, right? And one thing that um, is a little discouraging that I've been noticing a lot on social media is some of the words being used. So right now what's going around a lot is obsessed. I'm obsessed with this face cream or I'm obsessed with oh, I'm so obsessed with this outfit or this snack or or whatever and I get that it's trying to show a big emotion like you love it so much um but it's OCD is actually a really really hard illness and when we try to come forward or our friends with obsessive compulsive disorder try and explain their obsessions if we have flippant language about that, they can't really explain it. Yeah. And it is, it's a serious thing to be obsessed. It's, it's not cute and it has nothing to do with face cream. Yeah. So I think that's just an example right now. And it's interesting how it catches on. You know how you hear, when you hear things, you say things more. I caught myself saying it the other day and I was like, wow. So I understand that it's hard. So my tip, that something that I do is I find a word or a phrase to replace it because just thinking don't do that doesn't help our brains. And sometimes when I tell myself to not do something, I do it more, right? So something that I do is I try and have something in my back pocket to replace it because we know like it takes 21 days to uh, change a habit or things like that. So I, that's something I've been working on. So mine for obsessed is I'll say that um, I am wild about that, or that's kind of my one for right now. It's hard to find ones when you're so used to hearing that. So that would be um, my tip about that. And I know, Julie, you've actually had some personal experience about that with our diagnosis word, and I'd love for you to share. Yes. So uh, Shaley and I both have bipolar two disorder um, for anyone just tuning in or not familiar with us. Um, and so unfortunately, over the years, yes, I have heard on more than one occasion, um, either my child is behaving so bipolar or I was in a restaurant once and um, you know, my hometown is Vancouver, Canada, where the weather is wildly unpredictable. And so um, we got to the end of the meal. We were talking about the weather how it was sunny and rainy and sunny. And I thought, oh no, here it comes. And sure enough, you know, he said, oh, the weather is so bipolar. And, you know, a lot of the times I loved what you said, uh, Shaley, about sort of planning ahead because in the moment um, you can get off guard, um, get caught off guard, be shocked. And it is hard to know how to respond. And of course, I don't want to add more to the stigma by, you know, being upset and angry. So in that moment, I actually was quiet. And then we left the restaurant and my husband said, 
what is going on? You are a mental health advocate. You are not going to just let this slide by, are you? And so I took a moment and I thought about it and I actually went back into the restaurant. And so I think it's so important if we are going to address um, people that sometimes use comments that are, you know, not appropriate or a little offensive. Um, I just thought it was so important that I go in there with a gentle spirit and remind myself that I don't think he meant any harm by it. It's just, you know, you hear it so often. And so I did pull him aside and I said, I just need to let you know um, that I have bipolar two disorder. And, you know, it's a very difficult disorder to live with and perhaps there would be and he just I didn't even need to finish he looked at me and he apologized Aww. he was almost tearing up and I think sometimes it just takes us as hard as it can be um, just making people aware you know that actually bipolar disorder is a real um, you know diagnosis and it represents a lot of pain and struggle and so to just throw that word out in reference to the weather um, is really hard and disrespectful yeah. and so you know sometimes just making someone aware I I kind of think I don't think he'll ever make a comment about bipolar and the weather again and um you know so now I kind of do have some responses in my head um you know someone once said their two-year-old was acting you know so bipolar and you know my response was well I have bipolar and I don't act that way so I think as long as we remind ourselves that people for the most part they mean well they're not mean-spirited and once you take the time to gently educate them or just open their eyes a little I mean it's a game changer and I think that's another thing that's so great about Bellet's Talk Day, just more and more people, you know, sharing their stories and more awareness. And, yeah. you know, I'll just jump back to the OCD, you know, references that we hear um, time and time again. And I know I'm guilty of doing it in the past. And like you had said, we're all we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to use language and then, you know, learn afterwards. So we can't beat ourselves up. But time and time again, I hear the term, you know, oh, he's so OCD or you wouldn't believe his closet. His clothes are just he is so OCD. And, you know, now knowing that obsessive compulsive disorder is is. There are so many different symptoms and it's so much more than just, you know, keeping a clean closet, um, you know, so that's that's an area that I know I need to come up with a better response because I don't have a good one yet when someone throws yeah. that out. So I, I need to come up with some. If you've got any advice on that one, Shaylee, you know, mm -hmm. amazing. And, you know, obsessed. Yes, I'm guilty of saying that, too. So I am going to replace that wording with mm -hmm. your suggestion. Yeah, I've worked uh, really hard um, on that one. And just to just to jump on Julie's thing, another thing is to to joke about it too, right? Yeah. It's like a stab to the heart. Um, another easy thing you could do too is don't do the ridiculous OCD funny tests about Smarties, et cetera, and then share it on Facebook. Yeah. It, yeah. Like it, obsessive compulsive disorder can be debilitating. I don't have it, but I know people that do. And I know that they're just not organizing Smarties. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was our big example on on that one for sure. But yeah, finding finding different language. And I want to talk to because you have to be really, really <laughs> strong in in where you're at as a mental health advocate or stable to be able to do what Julie did. Don't feel pressured that that's something that you're going to be able to do right away. This is years of advocating, but 
guess what? It goes back to what Julie says, where is if you are someone that isn't struggling with a mental disorder, health disorder, and you know, and you're with someone that does, you can speak up. Yeah. yeah. You can say you know people. And what you did was beautiful is putting a personal example with it. Because yeah. honestly, we worry so much about making people uncomfortable in the, in the moment. But think about the hurt and the pain. Yeah. That you're, that is happening with someone that actually has a mental dis health disorder. I think that we need to, and you said the word perfectly, gently, but I think we need to normalize making mistakes and we need to normalize yeah. gently calling each other out because yeah. just making this, you know, being nice or making everything comfortable is not going to get us to move forward. Yeah. 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 Well, and there are so many times too, where I, I have heard references and I've just been caught off guard and I just simply, you know, once it was in a notary's office and it was just a very formal meeting and I froze and that's okay because I went home and it gave me time to think about, okay, when that happens again, what's a better response, but um, yeah. completely lost my train of thought now. Oh, oh, okay. It's back. It's back. And this happens all the time for any of our regular watchers. This happens all the time. But I think now when I hear someone flippantly throw out the term OCD, I immediately have a picture of some of my favorite advocates in my mind. And so by them coming forward with their stories, they've put a human face to OCD and that is what pops into my mind. And so that is part of the reason why I have come forward to give people a real life living example of bipolar two. And my hope and prayer would be that if they're out and about in town and one of their friends throws out a flippant comment about the weather being bipolar, my hope would be that maybe just maybe they would say, well, you know what? I once met a woman with bipolar too. And, you know, she's actually quite predictable, <laughs> you know, a lot of the time. And so I think once we have um, a different picture in our mind or we've met someone and a disorder has become real, I think that makes all the difference. And and it's just a blanket statement, right? To you, you might not be able to say, I'm not like that. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where you are unpredictable, yeah. but that still doesn't mean that you can compare me to the weather. Right. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I love, I love that so much. I think that that's a really, uh, just a really, really beautiful place to start with language and with, um, you know, sticking up for people. Um, yeah, we don't know. One of the big thing with a lot of overlap with a lot of different mental health disorders is overthinking yeah. and also um, holding on to the negative thought. Like we can have 10 positive things said, but that one negative thought. So would you want to be the person that said the negative thought that actually the person thinks about for a really long time, right? And that's not their fault, right? But they hear that or it comes back. So it isn't just a flippant thing because I've had people say, oh, it's no big deal. I was just joking, but it really is. Yeah. So that's that's a, a, a really good place to start. Yeah. Another definitely. thing I was thinking is normalize asking for help. Yes. Because yes. you're modeling for people that are terrified to come forward and not just if you have a, a mental health disorder, normalize asking for help when you need it. Normalize not just saying I'm fine. 
Yeah. Do you have to, with someone you don't even know, cry and tell them your life story? No, you have safe people. But when you are having a bad day and you do feel comfortable, you could yeah. just say, I'm actually having, you know, a rough day. And um, Julie and I were talking about this is yeah. not just with Bellet's Talk Day or Mental Health Month or, or that kind of thing. Right now, being in a worldwide pandemic has brought a lot of attention to mental health and mental health disorders. So it's actually a little bit of a safer time to practice these things. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I think it's opening up um, a bit of understanding that wasn't there before. I don't know about you, but I've had people that I kindly say or committed to misunderstanding me. <laughs> oh, I like that terminology. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Actually be like, wow, you experience this on a deeper level a lot of, all the time. This yeah. is awful and scary and I'm sorry. And honestly, uh, I can't even tell you how healing that was for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this whole... 2020 and now moving into 2021 I don't think I've met anyone that has looked at me and said this has been an easy time or that they haven't been stressed out and um, back in December um, for a various number of reasons um, my family was traveling and so when we returned to Canada we were quarantined for two weeks which is mandatory and my husband who is my rock and my stable place by day three of quarantine um was basically brought to his knees and you know just to see him struggling in that way i mean we were isolated in a hotel room not able to get out so i think you are pretty much safe to open up or speak to anyone at this you know stage of our lives and you'll be able to happen have an open honest conversation about just the different struggles, because I think, you know, I've definitely had my struggles. It has been a very tough past 12, 12 months. I mean, to think that we've been living through this pandemic for a year. So I think to, yes, go out on a limb, ask people how you're doing, um, how they're doing, respond when you're asked. But then also, I think for me, a lot of times I'm guilty of not really listening. And so I assume someone is okay, and so if someone actually is going to tell me they're having a hard time, I need to be willing to open up and step into that place with them. And I think more than ever now, we have this ability to empathize with people because we're all, you know, we're all going through this together. So I think definitely what you said, you know, asking people, how are you doing? And, and then really listening. really listening. And the, and the other thing is, you know, a lot of people will wait until you tell them what you need specifically. And I think a lot of times um, just show up with a meal, just go ahead and get, you know, an extra load of groceries and drop it at the door. Because I think a lot of times, sometimes people don't even know exactly um, what no. they need in that moment. So I think yeah, send, the just, send, the yeah. text. send the text can change a life. You start there. You don't even know how the little things yeah. uh, uh, can help. And to add on to yours, because uh, this has happened to me is don't expect like when there people are doing really bad something in return for example yeah. you might have to leave it at the door yeah. right it is not rude or we are not trying to be um offensive and it's not that we're not thankful but sometimes we are in a, a space where we don't want to be seen but it still means so much to us yes. but i know sometimes i've 
felt in the past. And we might put this on ourselves without the person that brought the meal, right? Even putting that on us. But I know I don't like to, my, one of my big wounds is I don't want to be any trouble to anybody. I don't, you know, I don't want to put people out. I'm a better helper. I don't like taking help. So um, letting the person know that there's not an expectation, yeah. right? And, uh, and not a response. And uh, you know, unless you're in a close circle and you know it would be okay, don't don't try to go in. <laughs> yeah. Unless that's yeah. something, right? Obviously, there are different situations where yeah. you need to. But if you're just, you know, dropping off a friendly meal, um, yeah. another thing is, depending on how you can help someone, think about where you are in their circle, yeah. right? Because there are certain things that my close circle, that people that I know have a good heart, can say more or do more than someone that's just on the periphery and were acquaintances and things like that. So just take into consideration that with your language um, as well. Absolutely. I thought of one more thing that, um, that was really important that I heard the other day and I had to really think about it. And again, it's gonna go back to where you are in the circle yeah, and what you're experiencing with, because we think um, because of other things, um, uh, it does, it's really, really helpful to say me too, or I've experienced that before, especially we've learned that with the me too movement. And we do want to know we're not alone. But if you don't struggle with bipolar two, it actually makes me shrink back into mm -hmm. my quiet shell when I hear someone that doesn't struggle say, oh, I felt like that. I feel like that completely diminishes, you know, the debilitating symptoms that I have. And so just be very careful and, and, and feel it out. But if you don't actually suffer from that exact thing, yeah. don't say me too, or don't say I understand, which sounds totally countercultural or the wrong I know. And but I always, yeah, yes. I always used to put the pressure on myself. You know, I need to say the right thing or do the right thing. And at the end of the day, just being there and listening without saying anything can mean the world. Um, but I have had people say, you know, I don't know what to do. What should I say? Uh, mental health struggles can be awkward. We want to do the right thing, but we're so afraid of doing the wrong thing. Um, my advice would be um, don't let that stop you uh, from doing yes. something. Yes. And I've had I've had someone say, you know, I've left message after message for this person. I get the sense they don't, you know, want to hear from me. And as someone that has been in a very dark place and has, has not picked up their phone or return messages, leave the message, leave the encouraging message, um, send that text because we get them and we read them and we might be in a place where we are so overwhelmed that we cannot respond, but it doesn't mean that it's not impacting us and letting you know that we are loved. And I kind of, um, relate it to sort of having a love tank. And so all of those messages and yes. random, you know, acts of kindness sort of fill us up and get us through those that. darker moments. So, and, you know, even I've got to admit, even I struggle with wondering if I'm saying the right things at the right time. And I need to not let that stop me from trying. And when I mess up, I would hope that the people in my life would, you know, know that my heart is in the right place and that I care for them deeply. And you know, there's a learning curve with this, but I think with this week and days like Bell Let's Talk, it's going to get easier and easier. And the strides 
that Canada and the rest of the world has made in terms of, you know, just all of us being more aware. I think they're so amazing and so inspiring. There's still work to be done. And that's why, you know, Shaley and I are out here sharing our experiences. Um, hopefully, you know, letting you guys, you know, think about things in a maybe a different way. But, uh, you know, as long as there's work to be done, we are passionate and here to do it. But I definitely see we're moving in the right direction. And it's so encouraging. Yeah, it's beautiful. Keep showing up. I love that. Uh, I think if you take anything from this, this message at all is the keep showing up in the language. Um, along with the keep showing up, I've had a thought lately um, that I've kind of been sitting with. And I just wanted to share it. I've been thinking about, so sometimes I think what happens in society when we start talking about things and we, we start to normalize it, um, I'm just really exploring this thing of toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's that same thing, right? Like we've talked about saying, you know, you just got to get up and go. And, you know, I, I see things about reframing and reframing is really important, but you have to be careful not that the reframing isn't so much that it's saying that I have a choice, right? Because sometimes certain things, like I read this thing about um, excitement and anxiety. And the person was talking about how you have some of the sim similar physical symptoms, totally get that. But then it was like, how reframe them and how you experience them and i'm thinking to myself if i'm having a panic attack and i'm having an anxious thought and i'm just supposed to reframe them and be like no you're actually excited and i can't breathe like i think we just need to be a little bit careful with that language and i see the goodness that people are trying to bring forward but i think that sometimes we're dipping a little bit into the toxic positivity and um and i want to be uh, just for us to be mindful of that and mindful of the whole, you know, uh, you can like this big idea that you can control everything in your mind because we know this is an illness and it is not a choice. So just think about that too when you're sharing really, really positive things. Am I telling you to share all the sad and terrible things? No, just just think about it. Like I sometimes I'm so terrible, you're probably gonna laugh at me, but like the good vibes only. I'm like, well, then I can't come and I can't hang out with you because I don't have good vibes only. So there you go. But I saw someone that just said they had a thing up behind them and it said, um, it did, what did it say? Any vibe, all, all vibes yeah. or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's so inclusive. I love that so much. Well, just, yeah. right. Yeah. Even I, I, I try to be a positive person. And so I have actually thought to myself late at night, oh no, am I guilty of toxic positivity? And I think I'm going to just keep on being me and be totally. positive. But I think the important thing is to leave space for the both end. And I think you have talked about yes. that. The fact that I can be a positive person, but I can also acknowledge that someone else, um, you know, could be in a totally different place. And I think if I just listen to them, you know, through my ah, rainbows and sunshine, just listen to them and just for a minute, just sit and put myself, you know, in their shoes from their perspective, not to diminish if I'm feeling positive, but to leave space for them and just, yeah. That's a really good point because you don't have to not be positive. I just think that there's a line. 
yeah so we're i think that we're just starting to to look at that and yeah um, i recommend following some we'll probably share in our socials but some really cool therapists that are looking into this kind of thing and and telling you the line but yes it's all about yeah. the both end we tend to be one or the other right yeah. it's a both yeah. end. like i a lot of the comments that i get is but you seem so happy and excited and whatever how could you ever <laughs> experience a depression and it's like yeah, but in that moment, or maybe this, you know, I, I can feel both and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and a big symptom with bipolar is feeling both and and sometimes at the same time. And yeah. sometimes rapid rapid cycling back and forth, which yeah. is super confusing. Absolutely. <laughs> but I love that you said that because we will probably go back and overthink things sometimes. But I think coming back and what I've noticed is I felt like really weak and embarrassed, but with my close friends. I've told them before, like, you know what I actually need from you? Sometimes I'm going to go into a negative thought spiral or take this little thing that I did and blow it up really huge. Yeah. Can you reassure me if it wasn't like, if, can I ask that and you reassure me? And uh, I really wanted them to, you know, to know that yeah. I could do that and not be embarrassed and feel needy. So sometimes I have certain friends that after a meeting or after this, it was like, oh, is that dumb? Or even sometimes after I do these kinds of things, like, they do. <laughs> right? We talk about this. And, but I think it's a beautiful thing that you can, that you can check in. And I think one of the most um, beautiful questions people have asked me is like, oh, well, how, how did you feel about that? Or um, yeah, like, how did you feel about that? Or how did you think that went? Because we all assume that everybody thinks the same thing, right? And yeah. then I was able to be like, I'm not sure. Like, I, I wonder about this thing. Did it come off as this? Because I overthink and judge myself, right? Yeah. And it's pretty powerful for to get some reassurance. And I think um, just being willing to give that reassurance I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so Bellette's talk is perfect for Julie and I because we could talk forever. We could talk all day. <laughs> That's why we probably seem super um, high energy and excited and um, just because we're really passionate about this and we really, we love being together and I feel safe with Julie and I feel safe in this community um, that we're, we're a part of and we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't know that there were others out there and um, Julie says all the time there wasn't, there wasn't this, we searched high and low and yeah. so yeah. We're always open to questions there. I don't know if you guys know, but I'm also an elementary school teacher and there are <laughs> legit no dumb questions and you can always DM them um, if you, you know, if you need them to be anonymous and such. Um, but yeah, we encourage you on our page because that helps us break stigma too. So we would love to hear from you. Um, if there's any other things you can think of, I'm sure there's uh, gazillion tips and, and tricks that we didn't cover, but um, I don't know about you, but Julie, but I get overwhelmed with too much. So I think we'll just leave you with that. Yes. And let's just keep talking, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're here to talk and we're here to show you that this is bipolar. This is bipolar. Thanks again for tuning in. You can find video versions of This Is Bipolar on our YouTube channel. We also have all our previous and soon to be future episodes of the podcast on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and Google Play. We spend most of our time on Instagram 
at this.is.bipolar. There is a vibrant community there where we have conversations and post different ideas and different strategies and we'd just love for you to join us there. It is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces. If you're a listener for the podcast, if you could leave a review, we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. This is bipolar. <laughs>